I'm Christina Baez, and you're listening to The Subway Portraits. The Subway Portraits is a bi-weekly podcast that serves as a living history of people's experiences riding in New York City's MTA subway. These stories are told by you, the commuters, the tourists, and the native New Yorkers like myself. Welcome back. It's been quite some time since the last episode has aired. Since then, I'm thrilled to share that the Subway Portraits has evolved into an animated series. Chosen stories that you hear on the podcast are turned into animated shorts, animated by yours truly. Favorites like What a Day, No Filter, and The Unsolved Mystery are streaming now. Watch them on TSP's YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash at the subway portraits. There's also a direct link in this episode's notes. I invite you to check it out, subscribe to the channel, and let me know which stories you want to see animated next. Today's show premieres the Subway Portraits' second collection of podcast episodes. I figured what better way to do so than by adding my own personal Subway stories to the archive. I was born and raised in Manhattan, so New York City's subway system was always a part of my life. I have experienced so many different things. These are just a few of those memories. Without further ado, the beginning, the first, the rest, and more. My most memorable moments on New York City's MTA subway. Inception. Before the pandemic, my commute was a, almost a staggering four hours round trip. This was maybe 2018, 2019, early 2019. But I had moved from Midtown Manhattan up into the Bronx and my office moved my where I was working. They moved way downtown Manhattan. So I had to take the one train from the first stop to the last stop every day. Now, I say my commute was four hours round trip. So two hours going, two hours coming. It does not take the one train two hours from end to end. In my commute, I still had to like walk. I had to take a bus. But for the sake of this podcast, we're going to focus. I'm going to focus on the subway. So I was taking the one train from end to end every day. And with that, there were faces that began to be familiar to me just from being on the train at the same time and in the same cart. I would usually be like in the first cart. Um, Another good thing about that, when you're hopping on the train in the first stop, you have the choice to pick any seat on the train that you want. So I would usually have the same seat. And um, for these two hours, two hours going, two hours coming, I was able to do whatever I wanted to do. So that was reading a lot of books, listening to podcasts, listening to music, and just trying to have moments of meditation but that could be hard on the subway in New York City so I did the other things I really read I really like listen to music and podcast but there was one day in the morning heading down to the office that I found myself compelled to sketch the person in front of me I didn't have any drawing materials at hand no papers and I'm like super 
careful about my books. I don't want to write or draw on them. So I was not going to draw this person in a book, in the book that I was reading. So I just kind of went through my phone, downloaded a sketch app, and quickly sketched this person in front of me with my forefinger and did a quick digital little sketch, which you can see on the subwayportraits.com. Uh, so with that, I had this new hobby of just drawing people that were in front of me or around me that just kind of drew me in. And I couldn't help but wonder with every face that I drew, what was their experience like on the subway? Because I knew my experience from just riding the trains all my life. I saw everything, great things, funny things, scary things, horrible things. And I just wanted to know what everyone else was seeing. We all share this intimate space. What What's everyone's personal experience like? Then I started thinking about the people who were riding the subway over a hundred years ago when the subway first began. What was their experience like? And unfortunately, we have no way of really knowing. We have videos online and social media, but we don't have people sharing stories from their personal experiences, from their point of view. And, and just sharing their memories. So as I continued to draw these faces, that kind of was stuck in the back of my mind. Like, what's everyone's story? What are the memories here? So with that began the subway portraits. I was able to make that, that inspiration into this podcast. And from this, you know, animation and also commissioned portraits, which you can, uh, you can, get on our site so um that was the inception of the subway portraits it began on the subway and here we are lucid nostalgia my earliest memories of the subway was always getting on on my stop that's 66th street in lincoln center on the one train now this was back in the day this was like 90s I don't even think this was up in the early 2000s, but I vividly remember walking through the underground, like these tunnels through Lincoln Center that eventually led to the subway. These were like shortcuts that you could take. And if you, it was great when it was raining, when it was snowing, and you didn't want to walk a few blocks, a few avenues from where I was living at the time to the subway. I was able to just take this shortcut under Lincoln Center in these tunnels and walk to the train. But the tunnels, the tunnels were so magical. I remember the Big Apple Circus would come in or would rent space. They would have like space to do their show at Lincoln Center for certain times of the year. So there were times walking through these tunnels that you're seeing or I saw some of the animals, some of the circus animals kind of being led from through these underground tunnels, I guess, to towards wherever the the app the circus was or their tents or whatever it was but i used to be able to see animals heading when i was heading towards the subway another cool thing was the art that lincoln center displayed now this was again back in the 90s maybe early 2000s this was before lincoln center's most recent renovation so walking through these tunnels right before you got to the turnstiles of the subway there was a long stretch where again you're just walking through a tunnel but the the walls the walls had commissioned artwork they had like 
from my memory, and I hope I'm not remembering this wrong, but it's it was like if they had hired a com they commissioned an artist to do figure paintings in black, and I'm sure there were other things in the in, in the mural, but it was not a mosaic like we see now in the subway. There were no tiles. It was paint on the wall, and it was so cool. I just remember it being really cool. And it was just this awesome, like a gallery, like a mini art gallery that you walk through just get, right before you got on the one train at Lincoln Center. And uh, that's one of my earliest memories of the subway. Well, that's the baseline for the earliest memories of the subway. My legit earliest memory of something happening on the subway was uh, was a time when I went on the one train with my mom. Shout out to you. Hi, mom. And I believe we, so we were again on the one train, but I believe we were getting on maybe 34th Street at the time. Um, I was definitely in the single digits, like older than five, younger than 10. <laughs> and I remember the train began to pull into the station right when we were getting to the station. So we're walking down some steps and the train is pulling in and New York City, sometimes you just make the run for it. At a young age, I knew that. So I made a run. I ran for the doors. I made it to the train and the doors closed right behind me and left my mom on the platform. So now I'm on the train, this little kid, never been on the subway by myself. And my mom's on the other side. I guess the conductors the, did not notice because they did not open the doors this time. And the train whizzed away with me on it and my mom was left behind and we did like very dramatic like the hand on the <laughs> my hand on the window hers on the opposite side like no and she I remember her telling me just get off on the next stop I'll get on the next one just get off on the next stop and wait and that's well so the so the train started going and I remember just kind of being scared I was completely alone and I knew that in the train, you know, you stay close, pay attention. You never know what can happen. But everyone was really nice. No one was intimidating. No one had any bad intentions. No one spoke to me. <laughs> I didn't really look at anyone else. I kind of just stood facing the window where my mom was on the other side. I don't think that I even turned around to look at anyone behind me. But I gripped that pole the pole near nearest the door, like white knuckle grip until the next stop where I got off. I waited on the platform. It felt like forever, but my mom definitely came on the next subway and all was well. Unlawful chivalry. During the pandemic, back in October 2020, I remember being at 34th Street, at the 34th Street station, taking the one train again. And there was a man who was on the, he was on the platform, but you know, when, when you're coming into the station, there's turnstiles, there's an emergency exit door that can be opened from the platform side. And uh, so he, so this man was on the platform side. And I remember him saying that, uh, because the booth on in this station, there was no one working at the booth. The station was unmanned. Uh, so that so this this gentleman that was on the other side, um, I say gentleman, you'll hear why in a minute. But there was a man on the other side, standing on the platform, and he was 
saying to the people coming in that he'll get them on he'll get them onto the platform for one dollar he'll open up the emergency exit door and get you through for one dollar obviously this is illegal so don't do this i re i realized if he's announcing that there's probably no police at the station and within the next few minutes he's got the door open no one gave a dollar no one was even paying him attention honestly but he opened up the emergency door and then was just like hey everybody just come on in come on through come on through for free and at at this point i had already paid i was on the platform i was just kind of watching this all go down while i was waiting for the train but he's got the door open and he's shouting at people that are coming into the station and i'm quoting him people don't got it like that right now i know fuck with me and i might just get you an uber so everyone's laughing, he's smiling, he's just like ushering people through to get onto the platform for free. Just being really sweet about it and 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 everyone who came into the station went through. It's New York City, of course they're going to go through. Are you kidding? He's smiling, everyone's smiling. The train comes into the station and a bunch of people got in for free. Broke dancer. I'm realizing a lot of my stories are on the one train. This was before the pandemic, like way before the pandemic. I remember sitting down on the one and a guy getting in, a guy coming onto the train with music. He sets up his thing. He sets up the boombox. He starts playing his music. And before he starts dancing, he does like a little announcement. He's like, if you get hit in the face, that's your fault. So I'm telling you now, so you can move now. New York City, baby. No one moved. No one moved. No one looked at him. No one really cared. So he started doing his dancing. And, you know, if you're dancing on the subway, you, like, so much props. You're swinging from the hand railings. You're, like, using your body weight to do some cool moves. And he's doing it. He's doing all that shit. He's dancing. He's, he, it, he is putting on a show. You can tell he's still kind of new at it. And maybe that's why he gave a warning. I wonder if he accidentally hit someone before. But he didn't hit anyone this time. No one got hurt. He didn't get hurt and no one else got hurt. Um, but no one gave him a tip. So he kind of stormed off. Like after, once the train stopped, the doors opened at the next station, he stormed out. Now, remember earlier I said that I was getting used to seeing the same faces over and over? I saw him again. This was maybe a few weeks later, if that, but I saw him again. And he got on again. He did his spiel again. The I will not ask you to move, so stand wherever you want at your own risk. Um, he did his whole performance again. No one really acknowledged it again. <laughs> and he was hurt again. He turned his music off and he started, he shouted at everyone like, there's no need to clap. Uh, no one said anything again. No one clapped. Then he goes, this is a skill set, by the way, but whatever. I get it. Your hands are occupied. Again, no one acknowledged him and he went about his day and I, I didn't see him again. I don't think so, but it, it, you can't bully people into giving you tips or clapping or acknowledging whatever you're doing, you know? Good luck to that guy. The Voice. Before the pandemic, I was riding on the D train 
heading up to the Bronx. And a girl came on the train, a young lady. And she had like a karaoke machine set up. And she put it down, set it up, got her microphone out, and started singing. I think the first song that she began to sing was Adele. It might have been Rolling in the Deep. I'm not sure which one, but it was an Adele classic. She's doing her thing. The train's going through the tunnel. And, of course, we had a train delay. The train was stuck in the tunnel for quite some time. So she sang the Adele song. Towards the end of it, she, I guess maybe her nerves got the best of her. Also, these announcements about being delayed kind of interrupted her. So she stopped. She stopped the Adele song. And kind of just just stood there like silently while we we all just waited for further announcement about what's going on. Um, in this silence, and uh, we realized we're probably going to be in the station for for some time. So she set up a, another song and she kind of did a, a little announcement being like, I'm going to sing another song while we're waiting. And I know I messed up the Adele song, so this one's going to be different. And she sung, if I remember correctly, it was the song by uh, Daniel Caesar and featuring her. The song was Best Part. And she sung that song so freaking beautifully that it, it really just lifted the whole mood. When you're on the train and you're stuck in the tunnel for who knows how long, things can get really aggravating pretty quickly. But her voice was so beautiful. The way that she sung that song, she really did it justice. It was like all was forgiven for the Adele little flub song that she did before. Because this song, she killed it. She did so good. So much so that once she was done, so many, everyone on the train started clapping. Like the train was crowded to begin with. And no one really clapped or really did anything when she sung the Adele song. But once she sung this song, the best part, everyone on the train was clapping. Everyone started giving money. I even gave money. But then she told us that she just so happened to be uh, an ex-contestant on The Voice, the show The Voice. Apparently, she was voted off, but she was the freaking champion that day on the D train heading up to the Bronx. Because we all loved it. We all loved her. And she made that delay time so pleasant. It was a mini concert from this girl. Shout out to this girl. I wish I knew her name, but she did so good. And uh, and once she wrapped up the song, it was like magic. The train just started running again. It like stopped for her to have her moment, to have her shine, to give everyone a little, a little, it, it's a love song. So to give everyone a little mood lift and it worked. And the train just right after she sang, it just started moving, stopped at the next station. She got off and... Everyone else kept riding with a little smile on their face. I-L-Y A few years ago, before the pandemic, I was on the D train with my then boyfriend. Um, we were riding from Brooklyn all the way up to the Bronx. So you're going through some of Brooklyn. You have to go through the entire borough of Manhattan and then you get to the Bronx. So it's a long ride. And we may have transferred trains at one point, but as far as my memory and at this point in the story, we were on the D train heading up into the Bronx 
and the train was fairly empty. There weren't really people sitting in front of us or besides us. And it was nice to have some personal space on such a long ride, especially because we shared our first I love yous to one another. And it was such a sweet moment, followed by an even sweeter moment where we shared a, a pair of wired headphones. So I had one earbud in my ear, he had one in his ear, and we played love songs for one another back and forth the rest of the ride. And so that's probably my most romantic experience on the subway thus far. Graceful. Another one of my pre-pandemic memories was once again on the one train. The train was heading uptown towards the Bronx. Uh, the We were on the above ground outdoor stations. I remember a woman got onto the car, the same car where I was in. I was sitting down. It was fairly crowded, not super crowded. I mean, there were still some empty seats kind of around, but she did not sit down. She got on and she caught my eye because she looked a little scruffy, I could say, a little dirty. Um, you can tell that she needed perhaps assistance of some sort. So she's standing on the train in the middle of the train. She doesn't say anything. There's no introduction. There's nothing happening. She's just kind of walking down. I'm thinking to find a seat, but really it was just to kind of find her space. She's, she stands like in the middle, opens her mouth, and begins to sing Amazing Grace. And her voice is just the complete opposite of the vibe and look that she was putting out at the time. Her voice was like an angel. It was angelic. She sang Amazing Grace like if she could have been in the choir. It was great. It was so beautiful. And once she finished, again, there weren't that many people on the train, so she wasn't really picking up tips. And she got really mad. She starts screaming at everyone, and it's really just cursing us, cursing everyone out. She's like, fuck you guys. You're all going to get fucked by the devil. The devil with his big, long dick will fuck you all in hell. And just going off, just profanity, disrespect, just the worst of the worst. She cursed all of us. Like, who knows what's awaiting for us in the afterlife. By the time she got done with us, whoo, wild, wild. And all of this was her just kind of walking around the train now. So she finished doing, she serenaded us so beautifully and then started screaming at us. And she's walking around, like kind of looking at everyone, you know, like, yes, like eye contact, like, fuck you. And, you know, the train is moving during all of this. So when it comes to a stop, she gets off. But she's kind of walking back and forth on the platform, still cursing us all out. The doors close, uh, but she she puts her hand in so they don't close all the way. And they open up again. And we're all looking at her like she's she's going to come back in. She's going to come back in. But she didn't come in. She just wanted the doors to open so that she could just keep yelling at us from the platform. Uh, eventually, obviously, the doors did close without her interference. And we went on our way. But, man, she uh, it, it just went from two extremes, from just something so beautiful to then just being ripped apart. Bugging out. In 2018, I was back on the one train. This time I was reading a book. Again, remember, I had a really long commute, so I would read a lot of books, 
this was one of those times. I'm reading a book. I can't remember which one it was, but I do remember it was a hardcover one. It was hefty. It was a big one, but I, I was enjoying it. I'm reading. I'm sitting down and I have dark, long hair and I usually wear it loose. So on this day, like nothing new, loose hair, reading my book. But from my peripheral vision, I noticed something kind of moving in my hair. So I look, I grab my hair, I kind of like shift it, shake it. What is this? What's going on? And there was a huge bug. I have no idea what bug it was. I had never seen a bug like that. It was big. It had six legs. It was gross. It was black and yellow. Um, I, it, it didn't fly. I don't know what it was, but it was in my hair. And just I had an automatic reflex to just like take my book, start smacking my hair with the book. Imagine that I'm like leaning over having my hair like just kind of be in front of my face and I'm hitting it with a book shaking it out with my hand. I'm standing up now. I must look ridiculous because I mean the train was crowded. This was a morning commute train, you know, so I just like looked up at everyone when I was done. And people were looking at me. They were definitely looking at me. You know, this was not one of those New York times where people were running their business. They were like, what is this girl doing? And I just went, listen, you guys, I'm not crazy. There was a bug in my hair and I just needed to get it out. And everyone just looked away. They, they couldn't care any less. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the newest episode of The Subway Portraits. I'm Christina Baez, and it's been a pleasure to lock in my personal subway memories. I hope if you're listening and haven't done so already, that you do go to the site at www.thesubwayportraits.com and record your own subway memory and be part of the biggest time capsule of subway memories that there is to date. Thank you and subscribe, like, and follow. Any support helps the project. Thanks for riding with us.